Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Our text for today comes from the book of Romans, chapter 6, 19 through 20. Paul writes, I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Alrighty. So today we are looking at this text from Romans. And it's where Paul talks about being a slave to either sin or to righteousness. And the specific word that we're going to focus on here, I feel like it kind of sticks out a lot, is slave. It's a term that throughout history is kind of a negative, it has a negative connotation to it. Um, And looking at the actual definition of this word, it's defined as someone who is excessively dependent upon or controlled by something. It's like you're bound to something. And maybe you've kind of felt like that before. Maybe you felt like you're bound to something. You're a slave to it. You can't get away from it. Maybe it's a job that you've developed some bad habits with. Or um, maybe if you're younger, it's like a sport or an activity that takes up a ton of your time. I know when I was younger, I played basketball a lot, and it took up a ton of my time. I became a slave to that. Um, Yeah, maybe you've had a similar experience to that. So today we're going to talk about this idea of being bound, being a slave to something, and we're going to look at how Jesus ultimately allows us to be bound to God through his death and resurrection, and that bond that we have with God ultimately leads us to our salvation. First, though, let's look at the background of the word slave here that Paul uses. As already discussed, one of the English definitions of slave is someone who is excessively dependent upon or controlled by something. In the original Greek text, which Paul is writing with here, doulos is the word that Paul uses for slave. And doulos just means slave, but it has a root to it. There's a specific word that doulos comes from, and that word is deo. Deo means to bind or tie. It's a verb. So I'm going to kind of talk about how we're deoed to something throughout this entire sermon, and it just means to be bound to something. If I say... I'm bound to basketball. When I was a little kid, I could say I was deoed to basketball. Does that make sense? Yeah. Pretty simple. So we're going to take a look back through history to see what our deo has, has always been. Because we've always been bound, always been deoed to something. So let's see what that looks like. So we can start at the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in six days, he created the stars, the sky, the oceans, the planets, the animals, And on the sixth day, he created humans. And he said that everything that he had created was very good. It was perfect. There was no sin, and Adam and Eve were free to worship God in this perfect place that was called the Garden of Eden. As long as they obeyed the one command that God gave them, they were not allowed to eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. At this point, Adam and Eve and all of humanity was deoed, was bound to God. Their lives were devoted to worshiping God and taking care of his creation. They were able to walk with God in the garden and follow him. 
They had a close relationship with the creator, as long as they obeyed his command to not eat from that specific tree. However, as the story goes, and many of us probably know, this deo, this bond with God, did not last. One day, Adam and Eve were walking in the garden, and they came across the serpent, who's described as more crafty than any other beast in the field. And this is Satan. And the serpent started talking to Adam and Eve, and, and he started talking about the forbidden fruit that they were commanded by God not to eat. And he was pretty smart. He kind of pushed back against what God had said a little bit. He, he asks, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And Eve was pretty good right at first. She, she answers back to the serpent exactly what God had commanded them. And he sa she said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent pushed back against God. He knew what he was doing. He pushed back against God and what the woman was saying. And he said, no, you'll surely not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you'll be like, God, knowing good and evil. See, Satan made the forbidden fruit out to be this good thing. He made it seem like something that Adam and Eve would want to have. I mean, if they eat it, they'll be like God. And who doesn't want to be like God? Sounds pretty cool, right? Here we really see the craftiness the serpent has as he ultimately convinces Adam and Eve that the fruit that God told them not to eat was a good thing and something they did, they did want to eat. So Adam and Eve ate the fruit. And at that moment, the deo, the bond between humans and God, was broken. No longer were humans solely devoted to worshiping God. And they were no longer able to walk closely with God in the garden. For a new deo, a new bond, had been created. And it replaced the deo that we once had with God. Humans were now deoed to sin, Satan, and death. It introduced sin into the world, and since then, no one's been born without it. And that's the reality that we live in today. We are still debt to sin, and we can't escape that. The only way that we could possibly break that bond, the debt that we have with sin, and repair our debt to God, is to be perfect, sinless, as all things were before the fall, when humans did walk in the garden with God. But we can't live like that. No matter how hard we try to escape sin, it always finds us. In the 1980s, a retired couple was scared of the threat of a nuclear war happening during the Cold War. So they decided they wanted to do a serious study of all of the inhabited places on Earth, try to find the place with the most peace and most security where they could avoid that potential nuclear war. So they spent months and months and months studying and traveling and checking out some places, trying to find where the right spot would be. And finally, they settled on the right place. So on Christmas of that year, they sent their pastor back home a postcard from their new home. That was the Falkland Islands. However, just a few years later, maybe if you're a history buff, you know what's going to happen around this time. Just a few years later, their paradise was turned into a war zone as Great Britain and Argentina started fighting in the conflict that's now known as the Falkland War. See, the couple, they tried to escape war, and, but despite their best efforts, despite all that they tried to do to escape that, it found them anyway. And similarly, 
Despite all of the best efforts that we can do to try to escape our bond with sin, our deo with sin, we can't escape it. It's going to find us no matter how hard we try. See, Satan offered Adam and Eve fruit that he made look like a good thing. He also offers us fruit that we think is a good thing. It looks good to us. But in reality, all of those things that Satan offers us just leads to death. And we can see this in our passage today where Paul talks about this fruit that Satan offers us. He says, the end of those things is death. The great deceiver tricks us into thinking that the fruit that he offers is a good thing, but it's a false promise. All that it leads to is death. And we often think that if we just try harder to resist the temptations that are Satan's fruit, we think, if we just try a little harder, we'll be able to break that dough. We'll be able to break the bond. I just need to put a little bit more effort into it to avoid it. But it never works. Sin finds us again, and we just can't get away from that dough. We find ourselves falling into temptation, falling into the fruit that Satan wants us to bite into. We can never achieve that perfect standard of, of perfection that it would take to break our deo with sin. What fruit does Satan tempt you with? What are the temptations that you are drawn to? What are you deoed to? Now, maybe it's some of the things that we mentioned earlier, like maybe it is a job that you've developed bad habits from, and it takes you away from your family and those people that you care about. Or maybe it's an activity, if you are younger, that takes up all of your time. Or maybe it's something else, like an addiction that you just can't seem to break that keeps coming and back and back and causing more and more pain. Maybe it's things that are very common, things of this earth, like lying and gossip that everybody does. It's, it's fine if I do it a little bit more. Maybe that's the thing that Satan offers you and tempts you with to try to lure you back in. Whatever it is, though, we cannot break our deo on our own. We need someone who can bear our deo for us. It was May 21st, 1946. We're telling lots of stories today, so I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> it was May 21st, 1946. A young scientist was carrying out a necessary experiment in preparation for an atomic test to be conducted in the Pacific Ocean. He'd performed the experiment successfully many times before, so this was supposed to be just a pretty routine test. Now, I'm not a scientist, so I hope all of this makes sense and it's actually right, so just go along with it. But his goal here was to determine the amount of uranium-235 that was necessary for a chain reaction, which would ultimately create an explosion, do bad things, to my understanding. To do this, he'd just push the two hemispheres of uranium together. And then just as the mass became critical and bad things happened, he would put a screwdriver in between them and pull them apart just before they got too close. Now, this was supposed to be just a routine test. Nothing bad was supposed to happen. But this day, when the scientists pushed the two hemispheres apart, pushed them together, his screwdriver slipped. The hemispheres of uranium did become too close together. And immediately the room was filled with a dazzling bluish haze. And the young scientist in that moment was faced with two options. He could duck and maybe save himself, or he could try to pull the two hemispheres apart with his bare hands and probably hurt himself. In a moment of bravery, he chose the second option, and he pulled the two hemispheres apart. 
His attempt was successful as it stopped the chain reaction. And because of his daring act, he did save the lives of the seven other people that were in the room with him. As the young scientist then waited for the car that was going to take him to the hospital, he said to his companion, whose life was saved, you'll come through all right, but I haven't the faintest chance myself. And nine days later, he died, having saved the lives of his fellow scientists. A similar act, though, took place around 19 centuries ago. You see, at that time, a man named Jesus, the Son of God, walked right into sin's most concentrated radiation. He allowed himself to be touched by its curse, its deo, its bond, and he let it take his life. But three days later, that man rose from the dead, and by that act, he broke the deo between humans and sin. He defeated Satan. How was this possible? How could this man do what no other human was able to do? Despite our best efforts, we aren't capable of breaking the deo, the bond that we have with sin. But he could. See, Jesus, he was 100% man. Fully man, just like all of us. So he was able to carry the burden of our deo with sin, our bond with sin, just as we do. Jesus went through the same things that we go through on a regular basis. Jesus went through pain. He was hungry. Jesus experienced heartbreak. He saw friends die. Jesus was tempted. Satan tried to throw all of the fruit at him that he possibly could. Just like what happens to us. But Jesus is different from us, too. He's also 100% God. So whereas we continually are found by sin and fall back into those old habits, the fruit finds us, pulls us back in, and we continue to sin, Jesus didn't. Jesus is perfect and had no sin. So he was able to resist that fruit and those temptations. He was able to live a perfect life, be sinless, have no faults. And because of the great love that he has for us, he was willing to bear our debt with sin and take it to the cross and allow it to kill him. His resurrection, though, three days later, was the final blow for our deo with sin. It finally broke when Jesus rose again. He defeated sin, death, and the devil for good. All of the fruit that Satan used to tempt us with was all defeated, all gone. The poor work habits, the addictions, the lying, the gossip, all gone. At that moment, our deo with God became restored. Jesus bore our deo with sin so that we could once again have a deo with God. We're once again bound to the Creator. And unlike Satan, who does offer us fruit that leads to death, God also offers us fruit that is truly good, though, fruit that leads to eternal life. We can look back in our passage from today where Paul writes, but now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, or deoed to God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Our deo with the loving God is restored as we're given the promise that we'll once again be able to walk with God and be fully devoted to worshiping him in an eternity 
without sin in heaven. There'll be no pain, no suffering, no heartbreak, no temptations forever. The deo with Satan is gone. We're only bound to the loving God who created us. Now, finally, because we receive God's fruit that leads to eternal life, we should also show that fruit to others. Paul talks later about the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Maybe you're a little familiar with that. These are things that we should show other people because we have a deo, a bond with God. It's like this. Because of where I was born and because of who my family is, I'm a Husker fan. And because of that, I'm going to do things that a Nebraska football fan would do. I'm going to go watch the games. I'm going to be happy when we win and sad when we lose. And more sad than happy lately. (laughs) But if I'm not doing those things, am I really a Husker fan? It wouldn't make sense for me to call myself a Husker fan if I wasn't acting like a Husker fan. No, in the exact same way, if we are going to say we have a bond, a deo, with God, we need to do things that act like God. We need to act in a godly way. So if we look back at the fruit of the Spirit, we see God is love, God is joy, God is peace, God is patient, so on and so forth. Therefore, we should strive to act in those same ways because we're deo'd to God. When we're deo'd to sin, we do sinful things. But now that we're bound to God, we want to do godly things. Therefore, we should go and show all of this fruit to other people. Show them that Jesus loves us so much that he's willing to bear our deo with sin so that we could be reunited with the Father. So here at Holy Savior, we are committed to growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And because we're deo'd to God and bound to God, we want to show other people the fruit that he has given us. So as we leave here and go about our regular work week, think about some ways that you could show that you're deo'd to God to those around you in your everyday life. Maybe it's having that little extra bit of patience with that one person at work. Or maybe it's helping out your spouse with some household chores that you really don't enjoy doing. Whatever it is, show that your deo with Satan has been broken. And you're deo'd only to the loving Father who created us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son Jesus being willing to come to earth to bear our deo with sin so that we could be deo'd once again to you. Allow us to show others the joy that we have because of the promise you give us of eternal life in heaven with you. In your name, amen.